Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We are previewing Bombers versus Argonauts on the podcast today. We've got the voice of the Argos, Mike Hogan, and the voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving. Both sides of the coin. We got it covered on the podcast. Tomorrow night at IG Field, it is Argonauts at Blue Bombers, and the voice of the Argos is Mike Hogan, who joins us now on the show. Mike, how does it feel to be calling football games again? Well, I'm going to have to wait. We're only doing the home games this year. Okay. So I've got to wait till the third game of the season, and that's killing me because <laughs> I oh. love doing it. So okay, uh, I wasn't. Yeah, sure. I think every. I guess every every province is a little bit different. Every station is different with how they're doing it, right? It's about 50-50 this year. I can't remember, and I, I don't even know if other stations have changed, but at one point, maybe a month ago, it was six were, sorry, it was five were doing it, four weren't in terms of travel. So uh, it's just it's everybody being a little bit cautious, and, you know, we'll get back there. We're, uh, we're looking forward to it. And, you know, before we do that game a week from Saturday, we, we've got another one tomorrow night to watch. Yeah, we got a home-and-home, home. Argos here, and then it's in Toronto next Saturday. What did you think of uh, Toronto's season opening win last week in Calgary? You know, it, it wasn't pretty, but it's better to win ugly than lose pretty, right? And, uh, you know, there were a lot of mistakes. There were no exhibition games this year or preseason games. And I think it showed. Um, you know, the, the offensive line wasn't spectacular. There were breakdowns in the secondary. And I think every team across the CFL did that for, for what it's worth. I mean, it's just it's difficult when you've got a bunch of guys, especially in the Argos case, who just haven't played together before. Uh, you get a couple of, about a month of camp, and then it's okay, guys, go out and play a game. And there's some catching up to do. I think this group's going to be really good by the end of the season. But, um, you know, with, with the tough schedule the Argos have off the top, uh, any points they can come up with are going to be really valuable toward the stretch drive when this team is gelling a little bit better and, and doesn't have a, a pretty – tough schedule off the top because it's Cal- at Calgary, home and home with you guys, and then Edmonton, and then home and home with Hamilton, and then in Regina. So it's a really tough schedule, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see how the Argos can get to that point of the season, and if they're 500 or better, that'll be a good thing, and two real testers coming up against the Bombers. The reality is, though, that as you mentioned, there was no preseason, so if there are going to be some funky results, teams not crisp, teams the chance to take advantage of the perceived better teams maybe being not quite there yet now is the time to do it yeah and it's i think it's a big advantage for for teams like the bombers especially you know the offensive line's been together now for a while um and that really helps you know i've, I've worked I, I did a radio show with chris schultz for 20 years and uh you know he used to talk about how important the cohesiveness of the offensive line as a unit is and you know, it's it's tough to get that when you've only had three weeks of training camp, no preseason games. And one of the things that new head coach Ryan Dinwiddie insisted is you had a little bit of a nick in camp. You weren't practicing that day. He didn't want a tweak to become a pull or a pull to become a tear. He didn't want a one-day injury to become a one-month injury. So there weren't too many uh, days where the offensive line was able to work together. And that's why I said one of the reasons that I think this team is going to uh, improve game after game after game as you're going to see these groups be able to work together in a game situation plus the week in between to kind of look at the video. And, you know, uh, any coach will tell you the best thing in the world is if you win, but it's not a perfect win. So you can see those mistakes on film 
and that can help you, you know, that, that gets your coaching point across. So there were a lot of coachable moments from the game against Calgary last Saturday that uh, I'm sure the coaching staff was uh, was talking to the players about. And uh, it's a veteran group that hasn't played together very much. So um, once they get on the same page, I think this is going to be a pretty good team. So they pull it out anyway in Calgary, forcing the Stamps to kick a lot of field goals. I think that's probably the biggest difference is Calgary's inability to get it in the end zone. But the Argonauts got it done when they needed to, and the guy at the helm so far this season has been McLeod Bethel-Thompson. To your point of being cautious with injuries, is that what they're doing with Nick Arbuckle right now? Yeah, he had uh, he had a glute injury uh, through camp. Uh, thought it, I thought it was a hamstring. That's what it was reported, but it was a little higher. Uh, but uh, he's been out practicing. He practiced this week. He took a lot of reps. Um, McLeod Bethel-Thompson took, you know, QB1 reps. But, uh, you know, if this was a, it's the old line, if this was a playoff game and Arbuckle was slotted to start, he probably would be able to go. But the good thing with the Argos is they've been able to get some depth at quarterback, not only McLeod Bethel-Thompson, but Nick Arbuckle, who was one of the key off-season acquisitions from Calgary. He's looked upon as being one of the next really good quarterbacks in the league. And Antonio Pipkin is our QB3 right now, and he's, uh, uh, you know, he's got some starting games under his belt in the Canadian Football League with Montreal. So it's a pretty deep room. Uh, the guys get along exceptionally well. And, you know, when you've got three guys in the room and there's only one starting spot, um, there are two ways it can go. The guys can really get along and push each other, or there can be some pettiness and griping and guys complaining that they're not getting the playing time. And that hasn't even been a, a, a remote possibility at this stage because the guys all really get along exceptionally well. And so looking at tomorrow night's game, what has to happen for the Argos to get their first win here since 2015? Well, you know, one of the things the Bombers did so well is they get big chunks of yards running the football on first down. Um, and it doesn't seem to matter where it's Andrew Harris or not, um, because you had another local kid play pretty well his first game out last week. Um, uh, if you can limit Winnipeg to second and medium second to long, you're going to have a lot more success when they get into that situation where it's, you know, second and three, second and two, uh, that just really opens up the playbook for Zach Kolaris and we know what kind of quarterback he is. So for me, sort of the key of the game is to be able to compete with the offensive and defensive line of the Bombers because both of those units are very good and just try to contain what the Bombers do on first down and limit it to limit them to five yards or less. So the Bombers are without Steve Richardson up front, Willie Jefferson questionable, but they've uh, got decent depth on that part of the line. A lot of questions I was listening to some of the Zoom calls to, uh, over this week were about how, how Toronto needs to establish the run because there wasn't really a thing they did much against Calgary, got the win anyway. How important do you think that is tomorrow that they are able to at least find some success so that they're not just able to tee off on Bethel Thompson. Well, I, th- I think it's going to help. If you can get a little bit more balance in the offense, I don't, I don't think they went into the game thinking, oh, you know what, we're going to throw for 350 yards, but struggle running the football. Uh, and that, that, that's what happened. Um, so that's something that they tried to clean up this week. Uh, and I, I don't know what the game plan is for tomorrow night, obviously, but uh, I would be stunned if they didn't try to get a little bit more yardage, at least out of the running game. But, you know, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson led the CFL in passing last week. It was, it was 354 yards, two TDs, and no picks. So if they can have that kind of game through the air and get some 
production from John White, who's a very good running back. They just couldn't get it going last week. Um, you know, he had a thousand yards in 2019 with BC. Uh, it's it, that would obviously help, but you know, if they're going to stack the box, then that's just going to allow McLeod to pick a, pick them apart a little bit more. Um, and if they sort of drop extra guys back, that'll open up the running game. But you know, Calgary a week ago really came with some exotic stuff and uh, were able to, to shoot some gaps and, and hit White in the backfield a couple of times. So. Uh, it's. I'm curious to see what Winnipeg does tomorrow, especially if they don't have uh, one or two of their normal starters in the lineup. But uh, it's a deep team. We know that. So it's next man up. Might not be the caliber of a Willie Jefferson. You know, personally, I expect him to go just uh, just, just because he's who he is, um, and he's always a pain to play against. Whether he was playing uh, with you guys or Sask, or you know, he's, he's been around a few years now, and he's exceptionally good. But uh, I, I'm just curious to see what the Bombers roll out tomorrow. And I, I'm sure what they do defensively will dictate how much the Argos run the football. Just one last question on the matchup here, and then I'll let you go. Special teams. The Blue Bombers last week showed a penchant for punting, which was fine because they only gave up six points. So field position is absolutely paramount in that situation. The Tyler Carpina mark Leggio duo unproven a bit in this city. caprini has been around the league a bit, but like he was a rookie. How does that compare to the Argos special team situation, in your opinion? Well, I think the Argos have the best all-around kicker in the league in Boris Beattie. Um, he's, he has the strongest leg in the league. I don't think there's any question about that. His kickoffs last week averaged 75 yards uh, per kickoff, which was almost – it was over nine yards more than the next best number in the league. He kicked a 54-yard field goal last week. Uh, he kicked a one from 58 that just missed and was basically over the top of the uprights. They, they marked the kick length on the play-by-play, I think, at 69 yards. So, like, you're looking at a field goal from 65 yards. He's, he's got a tremendous leg, and he's third in the league in punting right now. So um, maybe a little bit of an experience. I, I watched the OUA, and I, I'm sure you have a vested interest in Western, so you know all about Legio. Uh, he's going to be good, but right now it's, uh, I think Beattie's just uh, a really special guy. And, uh, you know, the return game, the Argos had a little bit of problem with that last week on the punt returns, and we'll see what they're able to dial up. I know they worked on that this week. Well, Mike, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and uh, enjoy the call when you get to call it next week. (laughs) Exactly. We'll talk soon. Thank you. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers taking on the Toronto Argonauts in just under 24 hours, about 23 and a half hours from now, kickoff at IG Field, and Bob Irving will be calling that. For us here on CJOB, Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine, Christian. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Shake the shake the rust off last week. Get the cobwebs out. Calling your first game in so long. Yeah, there there was some rust when I think about it, and some cobwebs. I uh, I don't think I was on top of my game as uh, <laughs> as I might whatever my game might be. But uh, no, it'll be better this week. Uh, it'll be a little smoother. That one of the things that uh, you have to deal with to start a season is the the broadcast format and you're reading credit lines and you're a little bit just now uh, making excuses aren't i no i wasn't as sharp as i could be i don't think and neither was doug we had a glass barrier between us which threw us off oh there's another excuse okay we're going to give it another <laughs> roll tomorrow night christian how about that well but just uh, to analogize it with the rest of the cfl right lacrosse the league you watch every game yeah. There wasn't very crisp football across the CFL, nor did we expect it to be after over 20 months off and no preseason. 
Right. It was kind of a typical start, and yet, uh, you know, a couple of the games were, well, the Bomber game was pretty good, I think. There was some great defensive play, and then the Calgary-Toronto game was, you know, had its moments. It was close to the end, and Saskatchewan looked like they were going to blow BC right out of the league, and then the Lions came back and nearly won the game. Uh, And, uh, you know, the Elks-Ottawa game went right down to the wire, although Ottawa couldn't make a first down or gain 10 yards to save their lives. So, I think there was a lot to kind of like and and enjoy in those first four games, but uh, I would think the offenses and some of the teams in particular feel they need to sharpen up. And it's the old story, you know. They always say the defenses are ahead of the offenses at the start, and I believe that. I think that's true. So I think we'll see. I know the Bombers had you know 300 and some yards of offense, which is kind of middle of the road, but they weren't happy with a lot of the stuff they did, even though they, they won the game against Hamilton. So we'll see what happens here in week two. Yeah, 19 points is not not a lot of points, no. but they were not trying to score. They were punting in certain situations because they gave up six points. They just needed to, to play the game plan that the Bombers have liked doing over the course of the last few years, which is you don't make mistakes on offense, you run the ball, you bleed the clock, and you control the line of scrimmage. And when the Bombers have been successful, that's what they've been able to do, as we saw last week. Yeah, it's a tried-and-true formula in football at all levels. If you can control the lines of scrimmage, and the Bombers have become very adept at that because they have outstanding players on those lines of scrimmage, and then win the turnover battle, and they won it 3-0 against Hamilton. Some of these numbers, Christian, the last four games, the Bombers, and we're going back to the Grey Cup and the the playoffs last year, they've given up 6, 12, 13, 14 points in those four games against, you know, two of them are against Hamilton, Saskatchewan and Calgary, teams with good offenses. And in those four games, they forced 19 turnovers, 19 turnovers and committed. I think they've committed one in those four games. And, you know, those are numbers that you look at and go, wait a minute, they can't. They can't keep that up, can they? Uh, and so we'll see if they can keep it up. You'd wonder if they can, but no, they've uh, they've been terrific on defense and just good enough on offense to get through. Don't give the ball away, force some turnovers, and you'll win more games than you lose. They they've won more games than they lost for quite a while now. They've won five in a row when you count the the three in the playoffs, the one at the end of last season, and the one at the start of this season. Now, it's not a pro-sporting season without injuries. Football is especially a tough one for injuries, and already the, yeah. the list is building for the Bombers. Harris Adams out again this week, same with Kyrie Wilson. You add Steven Richardson to that list, as well as John Trell Rockamore. Uh, they're both out on the one-game list. Josh Johnson, Janarian Grant on the six-game list. Right. And so it's, uh, as we hear so often, Bob, next man up. Yeah, it's taking its toll for sure. And, you know, those are some very key players, Christian, as we've talked about. And the latest to go down, Steve Richardson and uh, Josh Johnson, who was going to play that dime position and did play it until he got hurt in the first game. He's out. So uh, changes on defense again for this game against Toronto tomorrow night. Mike Jones, who was so good on the corner against Hamilton last week, will move up and play the dime. He'll fill in for Josh Johnson and uh, young Mr. Miller, We'll start at cornerback Josh Miller. Uh, he's a raw rookie to the Canadian Football League, and he's going to get his first look at CFL action tomorrow night starting on the corner. So that's three rookie defensive backs in your secondary, three out of five, and uh, there aren't many teams in the league that would uh, look forward to that or welcome that, but it's just part of the part of the deal. And uh, Dietrich Nichols and Alfred both played well 
in the game last week. They've got that rock, uh, Brandon Alexander at safety, and Nick Taylor at halfback, the two vets in there who kind of keep everybody in line. And then Jesse Briggs has earned a start at linebacker uh, with Kyrie Wilson still out. And uh, so he's going to start at linebacker and or with uh, Rockamar Hurt. And that's kind of nice because whenever Jesse goes in, he plays well. He's a Canadian, as I think most people know. They're going to start eight Canadians in this game tomorrow night, and teams are only required to start seven. So that tells you how deep the Bombers are in Canadian talent. And then on the defensive line, uh, Steve Richardson is a significant loss, but they have two rookie American tackles that they like a lot, Sales and then Ricky Walker, who will play his first game tomorrow night. And those guys, uh, Christian, right at the start of camp, uh, we're very impressive, and the Bombers thought, holy smokes, you know, we're already good on the defensive line, and we found two or three other guys who look like they could be really good players. So we'll get our first look at Ricky Walker tomorrow night. The good news is that uh, Willie Jefferson is going to play. Both he and Jeffcoat were kind of dinged up a bit and didn't practice a lot this week, and there was some doubt that Willie would be able to go, but at the walkthrough today, he was bouncing around like a little kid out there, so... He is good to go, and that's good news for the Bombers and their fans because uh, when Willie's in there, boy, that's uh, something that the other team's offense has to be very aware of. A true game-changer, no doubt. And yep. for the Bombers, we, this was a question going into last week's game, the young secondary, what would happen against Jeremiah Mazzoli? Early on, a touchdown, and that was it. And then yep. they stiffened up, and the front four was a big part of that too. So you lose Richardson, but Jeff Goat and Jefferson are still there. Adam Big Hill still there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Can McLeod Bethel Thompson hurt the Bombers deep this week? Well, he's certainly going to try. You know, whenever I think of Mac BT, as they call him in Toronto, or McLeod Bethel Thompson, I think back to that game in Toronto last year where the Bombers were up, I think, 21 nothing. I'd have to look back and double-check the score, and then lost, just blew the game. They lost, like, 29-28, and Bethel Thompson threw for 400-plus yards and was unstoppable in the second half of that game. And I remember Doug Brown and I watching and thinking, man, oh, man, can't the Bombers come up with something to slow this guy down? But they couldn't. He was, he was lights out, uh, and he's capable of doing that. I mean, he threw for over 4,000 yards last year, uh, yet he seems like one of these guys, Christian, and it's because he's such a journeyman. He's been everywhere in his career. He can't seem to get the kind of respect that I know he feels he he earned last year with his play. Now the Argos did not win many games. They were 4-14, four and 14, so that's part of the reason that he doesn't get uh, the recognition he might feel he deserves. But uh, he's going to put it in the air for sure. That's what he does. I would say this, that if things don't go well in the early going for him, we'll see Nick Arbuckle. I think Ryan Dinwiddie, the coach of the Argos, has made it fairly clear that Bethel Thompson's on a bit of a short rope. As a matter of fact, he said this week, Dinwiddie said this week, well, you know, he played pretty good last week, but there were some things we didn't like. Uh, you know, I, you, I, you'd never hear Mike O'Shea say that, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that every coach has a different approach. And Dinwiddie's very, very up front and he'll tell you what he's what he's feeling and he said look you know we're going to start Bethel Thompson in this game and see how it goes well I mean if you're Bethel Thompson you're going wait a minute uh, see how it goes I just won in Calgary last week what do you want yeah there's a guy looking over my shoulder he knows that like Bethel Thompson knows that our buckle was signed uh, as a free agent after that business with Ottawa where he was back and forth 
that he's the younger guy, he's he's highly regarded, he's their quarterback of the future. Bethel Thompson knows all that, and he said as much this week. He said, yeah, look, I get it. Uh, I'm on trial every time I go on the field. So it's an interesting dynamic at quarterback for the Argos with what's going on there. But Bethel Thompson will start. Uh, you know, I think they'll try to run with John White, but nobody can run on the Bombers, and I don't know if Steve Richardson being out will change that. I don't think it will. So there'll be more passing, and uh, that's what Bethel t- and he'll test those young guys back there for sure. That's what they do. So that's what I look for tomorrow night. Yeah, it was a twenty-point lead, twenty to nothing in that yeah. game in twenty nineteen. I was in Victoria visiting my sister, and she was had a basketball practice. I remember streaming it on my phone and being like dumbfounded, like, "Wait, they're they're going to blow this? Really? They're going to blow this to Toronto?" Yeah, yeah. Thirty-seven of forty-nine for three forty-three and three touchdowns for uh, Bethel Thompson in that game. But yeah. uh, the the reality is for the Blue Bombers, they've got Zach Kolaris now, and he hasn't. It's been kind of like the the Matt Nichols playbook over the last few games, hasn't it? Where you don't pass it all that much, you take care of the ball, you don't throw picks, and then the running game just takes over. Yeah, that's what we've watched. But the scrambling here is, is is different for sure. Yes. Well, so the difference between Zach and, and Matt Nichols, among other things, and we saw it last week, Christian, we saw it last year in the playoffs to, to a degree, uh, his elusiveness. You know, Matt just didn't have the, I hate to use the term athletic ability, but I guess that's what it boils down to. He didn't have the athletic ability that Zach Kolaris has and the ability to, to scramble and, and run and move. And Zach has that. And, uh, you know, he's not your prototypical running quarterback, but he can, as we've seen, he can get out of trouble and, and find stuff downfield and whatever. I mean, that's the the biggest fear that any defense has is that they lose contain on a quarterback and then he's rolling to his left. And, you know, who knows, you can't cover all the guys because you don't know where they're going and you don't know what the quarterback's going to do. But he's got that skill and that's what separated him from Nichols. And we saw it in, a lot of it in the Hamilton game, two or three times, he got out of trouble and made things happen, including a long throw to Nick Nemsky that led to their first touchdown by Kenny Lawler. So, yeah, I think the more we see of Zach Kolaris, Christian, we're really going to appreciate the skills that he has. We've only seen him play the, the five games now in a bomber uniform. Sorry, six. Four last year. No, five. Yeah, four That's last five. year. You had it. You had yeah. it. I added it, right? Uh, so I think the more we see him, the more fans are going to become endeared to him because he really is a very good quarterback, and that running ability, that scrambling ability, is just icing on the cake. Absolutely, Bob. Appreciate your time as always. We'll see you at the game tomorrow night. You bet, Christian. Look forward to it. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all.